0: You're listening to Costly Capital, a podcast produced for Cohn Resnick about the challenges and opportunities that market economics and high interest rates create for the real estate industry. Unprecedented. That's the kind of word the media likes to throw around when bad things happen. That word has been used a lot lately to describe the difficulties that the real estate industry has had thanks to the rapid rise of interest rates. But this kind of stress in the property industry and the financial institutions that underpin it is anything but new. There have been multiple periods over the last half century where the lending environment made it incredibly difficult for anyone that owns, manages, or transacts real estate. The most recent lending crisis came in 2008 during the Great Recession. Bad mortgages were packaged and sold to huge institutions in a way that made them seem much more stable than they really were. When enough of the borrowers stopped paying their mortgages, it caused the domino effect that shook the American property market hard enough to damage the entire world's economy. At the time, lending all but dried up, as borrowers gave back underwater homes, lenders pulled back, and banks consolidated. What we are seeing today is quite different. The Fed is ramping up interest rates to fight inflation, not pushing it down to help up property values. But there are some important lessons to learn from the last crisis. I talked about some of these lessons with someone from the Cohen-Resnick team that had a front row seat to the fallout.
1: Hi, my name is Paul Jones. I'm an audit partner in uh, our New York office. Um, I specialize in pretty much all things real estate, but in particular, uh, I, I work um, on various private equity funds, both um, equity and credit. So I've been with the firm for about uh, 12 years, and prior to that, I spent um, some dark days at a big there.
0: Paul has a unique perspective on the Great Recession, both because of the time he spent in the industry dealing with the aftermath and because he had a great view of where it all started.
1: You know, as a early 2000 um, graduate, so I you know, kind of saw, I guess firsthand coming out of school the, uh, the com bubble, and then um, when I was at the Big four, you know one of the audits that we had was uh, across the street from uh, Lehman Brothers. So we actually saw everything unfold, um, you know, watching through the windows and you know, you know, the Lehman Brothers building. So, you know, we,
0: we kind of uh, saw it live. When the Great Recession hit, the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates at a record pace. When the mortgage-backed security crisis started at the end of 2007, federal fund rates were about five and a quarter percent. By the end of 2008, they'd been dropped all the way down to a quarter of a percent. This measure was supposed to be temporary, but the recession lasted longer than expected. Even after, when the financial system got back into a healthy place and property prices recovered, no one complained about how these low rates continued to fuel the economy. Any chance of raising rates went away when the pandemic began, and the Fed needed to print trillions of dollars to stimulate the economy. According to Paul, this extended period of low rates gave the industry a false expectation that they were the norm. You
1: know, For what I remember, um Back in two thousand nine or so, you know, as I was working, you know, in the in the audit side, um, you know, of a real estate fund, you know, my experience was always like, you know, rates were, you know, it was normal to be somewhat in five, seven. I mean, that's what I remember uh, my first audit. I think it's debatable to say, are we entering some sort of return to normal and what interest rates should be? But I think you know, everyone's of the agreement that. You know, the cost of capital was way, way low um, prior to where we are now. And I think this whole environment where, you know, we were in this period of like a, a 2 to 3% interest rate was somewhat not the norm.
0: Higher interest rates obviously affect the price of loan payments, but it also has a large impact on how the property industry evaluates their future investments. Now, many of the assumptions that have been baked into the underwriting calculations are being questioned, and the answer to those questions are anything but clear.
1: From an underwriting standpoint, I I think, you know, debt and leverage is is very important for real estate, and I think where we were prior to where we are now, I think everybody had this mindset of, um, because capital was so cheap, you could underwrite you know, at had a little bit more of an aggressive net operating income. Your cash flow, you take a little bit more of a gamble. Um, and, and, you know, fast forward to where we are now. I think a lot of both um, operators and, and even private equity fund managers are, are seeing um, almost, I would say, I don't know if it's a discovery period, but I think everyone is trying to figure out what the new net operating income or, or the stabilized number is for your various um, strategies, whether, you know, value-add or whatever it may be. And I think it, it's also, um, depending on your location and, and with all the rising costs, especially, I think insurance is one where everyone is dealing with. I've heard fund managers say, you know, when, when money is cheap, you have, you know, a lot of these emerging managers, um, you know, think that, hey, you, just, you, know, you pretty much could buy anything and, You know, you don't have to do anything and it just goes up, but I think you're you're seeing, um, you know, some more of the seasoned fund managers benefiting in this environment.
0: Rising interest rates are already pushing down the values of properties, but many predicted that the historically quick increase in rates would result in mass foreclosures, akin to what we saw in the subprime mortgage crisis. Thankfully, this largely has not happened. Some properties have been given back to lenders or have been sold at a discount, but it's nothing like the scale of insolvency that happened in 2008. Paul has a theory about why.
1: Part of uh, why we're not seeing, uh, you know, maybe fallout, for, for lack of a better word, I just feel like there's still so much money that's trapped um, in the United States. I think between all the, the sovereign wealth money that came in, all the other foreign um you know almost pension fund type money, you know, it was all it was trapped in um and you had a lot of these you know various p e vehicles that had the capital, and you know quite frankly, you, you know, the money that was left in the u s you know it, it's still it's still a safe haven. so you know, there was really nowhere else to go if you think about some of the other like geopolitical risks that are going on.
0: Even though there has not been a landslide of foreclosures, the shock to the lending environment of the quick escalation of rates has had an impact. There have been hopes that the rates will go back down as the Fed sees inflation drop and the economy cool. But that might not happen anytime soon. I asked Paul what he thought would happen if rates stay elevated for longer than expected versus if they get dialed back down in the Fed's future meetings.
1: If I were, you know, so if I were to say, hey, you know, we continue where we are and rates, um, stay the way they are i mean i think that scenario um i you know you could anticipate you know maybe maybe some distressed opportunity um and and really sharpening you know an asset manager sharpening their pencil to really look at um you know what what their operating cash flows are and and what those returns might be um on the flip side say rates do go down um Maybe, maybe one of the outcomes there is, um, you know, that will help with the debt service and ultimately um, your cash flows to help manage um, your
0: property. While the current rates are not a new phenomenon, it is still an adjustment for the real estate industry that has been operating with low rates for over a decade. Since so much of the way we value properties has to do with comparables, the entire industry is learning from each other in real time to adjust their appraisals, to better match with the reality. It's it's one thing that I can't seem to understand because we go back and we're dealing with this
1: now with a lot of our clients who who manage um, a lot of real estate and we just don't see it in the appraisals. And and I think part of it is I think the appraisers are also trying to figure out, hey, like what is, you know, what what, what is a stabilized NOI now? Like how do do you adjust? How do you adjust payroll? How do you adjust insurance? How do you adjust? You no know, r m or any of these other costs. And I just don't know if a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these factors are getting you know, inputted into the appraisal.
0: There are certainly other periods of high interest rates, but there's something unique about what we are experiencing now. In no other period have rates come up so fast. Luckily, the crashes of the past have taught us some important lessons and have better prepared us for what we are going through today. Some of the regulations passed to prevent another Great Recession have left many banks with healthier balance sheets than we saw in 2008. Loans are also much more conservatively written, giving more leeway for the devaluation of assets. We still don't know how much carnage high interest rates will play on the property industry, but so far it looks like it won't spill over into other parts of the economy, like it did when the world learned about the concept of mortgage-backed securities. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more insights, visit conresnik.com forward slash subscription. That's c o h n r e z n i c k dot com forward slash subscription.